0: Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 98 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot and Kabbalah. And I've got a very, very special guest. It's someone that I talk about quite often in this podcast. I'm speaking with Rachel Pollack, the author of Seventy eight degrees of wisdom. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: I am so excited to talk to you today. So thank you for being here. And Kabbalah I think is a it's a very challenging thing for a lot of tarot newbies. It's mentioned, you know, throughout your book. So mm-hmm. you know, for people who who are who've maybe never heard the word before, can you explain in a nutshell what Kabbalah is? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I can maybe explain it in several nutshells. Um The thing about the word Kabbalah is that it means different things to different people. Uh So the the Kabbalah that's found in Tarot is a tradition called Western or Hermetic Kabbalah, um, which has been transformed from what we could call the original Kabbalah, which is Jewish. Um, Kabbalah means received. So to receive wisdom through transmission from generation to generation. But um, Kabbalah is a very dense kind of like esoteric construction of the universe um, to understand, you know, the workings of the divine throughout creation. In tarot, um, Kabbalah is kind of a linkage to a system of ideas that are organized into a pattern. The pattern usually is called the Tree of Life, um, which is, for people who know the Rider deck, is the pattern of the pentacles on the Ten of Pentacles. That's the one place it appears in the Rider Deck in the open, but it actually is kind of appears all over the place in hidden kinds of ways. For instance, in the High Priestess card, we see her sitting between a black and white pillar, and those are the three um, pillars of Kabbalah, because the Tree of Life has you know, three vertical pillars with connecting lines between them. And so um, on one side, if you people know the High Priestess card, Um, we see a a pillar that's kind of a light gray. I don't know why it wasn't white, but it's light gray. The other side is black. So that's like the two contrasting energies, the light of expansion and the black of contraction. And the high priestess herself, sitting in the middle, forms the middle pillar of balance. Um, Because a lot of Kabbalah talks about that tension between um, expansion and contraction. And the necessity of having a balance between them, so we can find this throughout. Like, so in Kabbalah, um, there are the Tree of Life has ten positions, so that immediately can link us to the A through ten of each of the four suits. There are also twenty-two connecting lines in Kabbalah for the twenty-two letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and of course, as most of you listeners will remember, um, there are twenty-two letters of so twenty-two. Cards in the major arcana of the tarot, so it's a kind of very good fit. Mm-hmm. So when you look closer, it doesn't quite always work, but and there's lots of controversies over you know which card goes in which place on the tree of life and so on and so on. But there is a, a general standard that people have followed, you know, throughout the last, the last 150 years or so.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you know, um, I first got introduced to the whole idea of Kabbalah and tarot through your book 78 degrees of wisdom you know frankly when i started out uh reading tarot i had never heard of kabbalah so it was a it very yeah it was a very new concept for me
1: yeah
0: and i think a lot of people come to understanding things about the kabbalah and how it goes with tarot through your book um and the tree of life in that ten of pentacles you know the first time i discovered that by reading your book i was blown away i'm like oh my goodness mm-hmm. i never you know just never knew so yeah and that makes me wonder then, do you think, because um, I know in the book 78 Degrees of Wisdom, they have the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Do you think Waite and Smith deliberately injected Kabbalah into the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, and why?
1: Well, there's no question about it. Um, that's absolutely true. Um, Waite and Smith were both members of the um, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which was a groundbreaking, um, what's called the secret society, meaning that you had to be initiated and you had to be invited, you couldn't just, you know, join up. Um, and that was, they found, I think, 1885, the Golden Dawn. Um, Smith was a low-level member, but Waite was a very high-level member. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they were imbued, particularly Waite, with this approach to tarot, which goes back before the Golden Dawn to Eliphas Levy in the mid-19th century and maybe probably before that. But Levy was the first person to formulate a kind of Kabbalistic perspective, you know, Um, So the the thing that I discovered only a few years ago when working on a book called the New Tarot Handbook was that the Tree of Life pervades the Rider deck. Mm -hmm. It's only seen explicitly on the Ten of Pentacles. But for example, the Five of Pentacles with two people miserable in the snow and above them is a church window with stained glass. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the stained glass pattern, the Five Pentacles are the top half of the Tree of Life. Um, And... The top half only points up without without the sixth car and the, the sixth position and the ones after up to ten six through ten there's a separation because the spiritual is rising and the physical is below, and that's why the people are miserable because there's no spirituality connected to their physical existence There's a lots of things like that In yeah. the three of copes, those three women dancing together. well, mm-hmm. I looked at it one day and I noticed that. The position they hold their cups in, on the, uh, when they're dancing together, one the middle one raised high, the other two below, um, that's the top three triangles of the Tree of Life. So I realize that those three women are the three pillars. Mm-hmm. This is an high priestess, the high priestess herself in the middle, and the pillars of light and dark on either side. Here we have just three women dancing together. But it's the same image in a certain sense. So it's, it's, there's no question that um, this was deliberate.
0: Yeah, and, you know, of course, as you're talking, I'm pulling those cards out of my Rider-Waite-Smith deck and uh, looking at the Five of Pentacles. And the Three of Cups, I believe you wrote about that in that new tarot handbook, which yes, is yeah. such a mm-hmm. great, great book, I think. Uh, thank you. Especially for new readers, it's such a nice introduction. But I totally see the Five of Pentacles now. I did not know that. So, yeah. once again, I'm becoming enlightened, so thank you for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, what happened with that book was, I had done a Really thick book, hard, but those words drew drew upon such deep knowledge that they invited you to go further all the time. And so I, so I said, well, how will I do this book that's not just rehashing old stuff? I said, okay, I'll look at the cards fresh. I'll look at the cards like I never looked at them before, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's when I discovered all these hidden tree of life images throughout the Minor Arcana, and it was really a special thing.
0: Yeah. And you know it—it it just keeps on. It, I like to say the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is the deck that keeps on giving. And yeah, you know, just even talking about some of these other cards like that Five of Pentacles, it's like, oh, this is something new again to look at. Uh, so looking at tarot with new eyes, you can always look at it with new eyes. Yeah. But then that brings up this question. So you know, obviously the Kabbalah um, was very important to Waite and Smith when they created this deck. So do you think it's necessary? to learn about the Kabbalah if you're going to read
1: tarot? No, no. I don't think it's necessary to learn about anything to read tarot. Um, I don't think it's necessary to learn about tarot to read tarot. <laughs> <laughs> in the sense of, like, you know, people design these cards to have a meaning, although the original cards, that's very questionable, back in the 15th century. But, um, but you can just read it just with your own reactions, you know? Let me, let me give you a great example. So I did a deck called The Shining Woman, and then later, Shining Tribe Tarot. Um, and I drew all the pictures myself, and they're, they're on the surface very different, although actually they're very connected to the writer deck on the, in subtle ways. But anyway, um, so that deck came out, and then I did, not long ago, a few years ago, I did a um, workshop on that deck, you know. And this woman came, and she had found a deck years ago, in a second-hand shop or something, and she really loved it. It was the only deck she used, and she was, but she never found a book she never read the book about it, you know. I don't know if she'd ever read any book about tarot. Probably probably a very simple one. But anyway, but, so she came up with all her own meanings for the cards, you know. And they were very, very different than my meanings. And she was really scared I could be angry at her or ridicule her or something like that, you know, for having the wrong meanings. And I was thrilled. I thought it was so great that the pictures I drew could inspire someone to come up with these great meanings that were not my meanings. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, you know, the tarot was originally pictures and always remains pictures. Um, and not, I mean, there are some decks that are just words, but, you know, 99.99% of tarot decks are pictures. And so that's something you can work with just directly. You know, you don't have to be studying somebody else's ideas. Right. Even the creator of the deck, you don't have to worry about their ideas. Because the deck exists by itself, you know.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you have to develop your own language.
1: Well, you can. I mean, you can also memorize what the creator of the deck. I mean, I know people who teach that way, mm-hmm. who say that they require the students to memorize all 156 meanings of on the cards, which is that every meaning right side up and every meaning upside down. Mm-hmm. 78 times 2, 156. But, you know, I'm, I was just horrified at that notion myself because I learned tarot by getting a deck and getting Eden Gray's little book and I start reading immediately. You know? Yes. Put a card down. Look it up. Put a card. Look it up. And then see what. Then see what the, you're seeing that the book isn't telling you. You know.
0: Yes. Yes. So how might How might you know? Maybe learning a little bit about the Kabbalah maybe strengthen your tarot knowledge. For let's say people want to learn it. Yeah. Sure. How do you think so?
1: Um, well, you know, I think it. Any time you see, an extra layer in the cards, it strengthens your knowledge there's still the challenge of how you would apply that either to readings or to meditation or to creative work, whatever you do with a tarot, because people don't just do readings, you know. Right. Um, But nevertheless, you know, it doesn't hurt to learn another layer of meaning, you know. Um, But how to do that, well, there's lots and lots of books about Kabbalah. Um, Because I'm Jewish, and I'd never heard the word Kabbalah until I learned tarot, Mm -hmm. you know. But I became interested, so I read books about Kabbalah from the Jewish perspective. And only much later did I realize that that was not the tarot Kabbalah. It had a different kind of angle at it, you know. But I learned about what Kabbalah is about, which I think is a really great thing to do. So you can just get a book about, you know, Kabbalah on many levels. There's introductory books. There's like um, books historical perspective. There's books very, very dense with meaning but to whatever works for you and then see how that deepens your experience with the cards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's many levels at which people do this. Um, I actually found it most valuable to just get a feeling for what Kabbalah is about mm-hmm. rather than the detailed application of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I did a book called The Kabbalah Tree. I'm not sure it's in print still. Um, it was based upon it a painting of the tree of life done by the Tarot artist, Herman Heindl, mm-hmm. And he asked me to do a book about it. I said, well, Herman, I'm not an expert on tarot Kabbalah. He said, yes, but you are expert on me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, fair enough, you know, because he had done a book of rules, a person he hired, the company he hired, ignored his pictures. And we wrote about the rules. And he was kind of upset about that anyway. So, you know, in that book, I delved into it more than I had previously. Um, and I came up with some more detailed information. I also tried, because I was not an expert on, you know, Tarot Kabbalah, and it's a vast, vast amount of details. I um, set a context of the, the Tree of Life in different cultures, different mythologies, mm-hmm. so that people got a sense of what the Tree of Life concept is about, not just the details, you know? So you could do that. I mean, there's lots of things you could do. You know, you can get these, Big, big, thick books, like the Kabbalistic Tarot um, by Robert Wang, mm-hmm. that, you know, go into detail, to detail, to detail. And for some people, that's just, like, fabulous, you know? It becomes their Bible of what tarot is about. Another source for that kind of information is the work of um, Paul Foster Case, right? who did an American um, version of the Golden Dawn called BOTA. And BOTA is still going. It's mostly a correspondence course, which is great, open to anybody no more secret society stuff. Anyway, but just, you know, there's so many ways you could go at it um, and just see where you feel comfortable, you
0: know? Yeah, and by the way, the book The Kabbalah Tree um, is still available in paperback and on Kindle, so for people who are listening.
1: Great, thank you. It's called
0: The Kabbalah Tree, A Journey of Balance and Growth. And so, of course, you know I'm, uh, Going to order a copy immediately, and some of them are used copies, but the Kindle shows that you can get it right on the Kindle, so good it is there for people
1: yeah that 's great, and yeah, that was wonderful. I really enjoyed doing that book because I enjoyed looking at the tree of life in different cultures and mythologies and and it was specifically hermann heindel 's symbolism mm-hmm. um, but it include but it, you know worked on general symbolism by the way, another great source, um, which I use a lot actually. In writing the Kabbalah Tree, uh, there's a comic book. It's called Promethea, mm-hmm. written by Alan Moore and drawn by JH Williams III and Mick Gray, and it's about, it's about magic, magic, Kabbalah, and but it, you know it gives us something of a superhero kind of context. It's, it's in a certain sense as Wonder Woman as it should have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alan Moore is a Kabbalist and a practicing magician, and so there's this huge chunk in the middle of it. In which his heroine Promethea climbed the Tree of Life from what's called Sephora Circle to Circle, from the bottom to the top, and you can learn a tremendous amount from that. And because it's done in a comic book fashion, it's very vivid, you know.
0: Right. Well, that's interesting. My husband is a huge Alan Moore fan, and and he's got tons of comics, so. I'm going to go dig through those comics and see if I can find that because I'll bet Dollars to Donuts he has that.
1: I would imagine so. I Prometheus mean, is a real classic. It's, I think, you know, it, it didn't have that much attention at the time. I think over years it's become more and more important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's exactly 32 issues. Goes from Kabbalah, the number 10, but number 22, together 10 Places of the Tree of Life and, 30, and 22 Pathways make it 32. Mm-hmm. And, um, so there's exactly 32 issues, you know, it's totally Cabal-based, but also it's a fabulous, fabulous comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alan Moore, a, as I said, is a practicing magician, a practicing capitalist, and, you know, quite possibly a genius, and his work is phenomenal.
0: I agree with that genius thing. I think he's brilliant.
1: Yeah. I think I've read Promethea now, the entire work, like five or six times, and I'm due for another reading pretty soon.
0: <laughs> and I think I'm due to go dig through my husband's comic book collection and try to find that.
1: Well, let me know what you think of it. I'm really interested, you know.
0: I will. And, you know, speaking of books, your book, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, has been so influential for, you know, not just me, but many, many people who come to Tarot um, or even people who've been at Tarot for a long time. Uh, it's, it's really the book that I always turn to, you know, there's a couple books that I really love that I always have nearby, but it's one that I always turn to because it's so wise and deep, and I love it, and I know you're coming out with a new edition. Can you tell us about the new edition?
1: Well, the American publisher, it was really published in England, but now um, Ray Bill Wiser, who's the American distributor, they want to do their own edition. Oh. I'm not sure if that edition will end up being English edition as well, it's not been worked out. Um, and so I did a new preface for it, and we made a few small changes. We didn't really want to change the text that much. This will be the third edition. The first edition was in two parts: 1980 was the major arcana, 1983, the minor arcana. Mm-hmm. and then in 1997, we combined them, and I got to revise it, because there were things I'd learned quite a bit since 1980, you know. Um, so that was a revised edition in 1997, that's the one that's usually for
0: sale now, right.
1: Um, so this new edition will have a new preface by me, um, kind of a personal preface of what the book is meant to me and to other people. Um, there'll be some very small changes that we didn't want to change the text that much. We'll mm-hmm. see um, a new cover. It's, it's very, I'm hoping it reaches even more people. You know, it's very exciting. Um, it's really going all over the world, that book. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I say it's sold in every continent but Antarctica, but I would not be at all surprised if I found out it's sold in Antarctica as well. Um, and I've traveled around the world, you know, lecturing to people who were inspired by it. Um, in my preface, I talk what I talk about is people whose lives were saved by the book. Mm-hmm. I mean that quite literally. Mm-hmm. You know, people who were facing suicide or who were just, you know, willing themselves to die because they'd gone through such hell, and then they came across the tarot in 78 Degrees of Wisdom, and that's saved them. And I write about what it means to have written a book that, does that you know mm-hmm. that saves lives. it's just the most phenomenal thing, um, so I'm very excited about this it's just, I'm not exactly sure of when as I know it's early next year because mm-hmm. we're now in the process of finalizing the text for printing, um, but I'm not sure exactly the date
0: right, well, my copy's falling apart because <laughs> I've used it so much, so That's
1: what people tell me, yeah, yep
0: it it's it's broken at the spine, pages are falling out, so I will be absolutely first in line to get this new edition great wonderful. I'm excited well, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me today oh, my pleasure. This is yeah. fascinating, and I've learned new things again, so you know you're always my one of my favorite tarot teacher, so thank you so
1: oh, much. Thank you, Teresa. You're wonderful.
0: And where can people find you, Rachel? I know they can find your books all over. Okay. Um,
1: um, my website is rachelpollock.com. It's been needed some major revamping for a long time, but it's it's still, you can look, take a look what's there. Um, I have a blog, rachelpollock.wordpress.com, and then you can just write to me at rachel at rachelpollock.com.
0: Wonderful. Well. Thank you once again, and um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Tarot Bites. And you guys, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other great things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, take a moment to leave a positive review on iTunes because that's the best way to help more tarot lovers find their way to tarot bites. And I always close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Mm. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.